You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, 3CR's look at the Australian film industry and a variety of things that happen in the moving industry, uh, moving image world. And um, because, you know, uh, film and uh, moving image has become a little bit more complicated these days uh, with VR and a whole range of other things, but it's got the same sort of vocabulary, which is worth exploring, and it's local. And uh, I was just noticing because I've just watched a film which is coming out now, which is uh, by Molly Reynolds, but uh, in collaboration with David Gilpool, which is called My Name is Gilpool, uh, David Gilpool. He, he, this is his uh, goodbye letter, so it's uh, really worth seeing. And I'm noticing that uh, a lot of the uh, elements, sound elements that I used uh, – in that opening sequence for Show Real, uh, actually come from many of his films, uh, like Walkabout and uh, The Tracker and things like that. So it was quite spooky watching uh, the film to see how many things that uh, David Gilpill. Uh, is responsible for within the framework of uh, important Australian films. Worth going to see the film, of course, and uh, uh, a couple of weeks' time we'll we'll be hearing from Molly Reynolds about the making of that film. So it will come up and you uh, probably should go and see it, I'd say. Uh, It's very nice. It's always nice to see David Gilpill on the... um, on the screen, he ha- he's one of those actors who just takes control of the uh, frame. Uh, it, it's quite dr- uh, dramatic and dynamic. Anyway, today we're going to hear from Jamie Wilson. Jamie Wilson is a fellow who's made a, a documentary called Burgermen. Now, Burgermen is going to be shown at the Melbourne Documentary Film uh, uh, Focus on Shorts uh, uh, session that's going to be on on May the 23rd It's uh, and Bergamin is actually on in the fourth session which starts at 5.40 I think it is uh, and there's a series of films that are going to be there and there's going to be a Q&A uh, the whole sequence of sessions starts at about 10.40 and it's all at the Nova and shorts are really fascinating there's so many different types of uh, uh stories that people uh, become obsessed with or they're doing their uh, study and they have a film component and they make something. uh, And some of these films are not just beautifully made, but the uh, content is quite surprising. 
I mean, one of the films was, uh, we're not talking about that today, but the, one of the films was about a death hotel in uh, beside the Ganges. Uh, uh, who would have thought that people book themselves in? And they don't mean that they're going to die straight away. They they might be there for decades expecting to die in this place. And it's sort of like an each-way bet. If you're a, if you're a person who uh, likes... Uh, horse racing um <laughs> if you leave if you you know you lose your uh, will to stay in this hotel then die then you have lost all that um karma that you'd collected by being there for so long anyway it's <laughs> it's a fascinating film and there are other fascinating films in the program anyway Bergamin is about uh, a hamburger joint uh, at the end of um Danny's Hamburgers at uh, St George's Road. So it was all shot in 2006. So this is a film about a bygone time and it's incredibly local. So here we go. Hello, Jamie speaking. It must have been an interesting process. Uh, You must have had a lot of footage and then tried to bring it into a coherent whole. How did you go about that? Uh, Gee, uh couple of bottles of red wine probably helped um <laughs> it, it, it it was uh it, it was quite it, it's interesting returning to something uh, i think there's a lot to be said you know about whether it's you know any any art form not just film of something you create and you shelve it and you go back to it uh because when you when you make something you, you are usually i think as a, a, a creator you're attached to it you know, you feel something. I mean, that's the, to my way of thinking, that's why you make it. That's why you create it, because it's something from you. It's something in you that you want to do. Um, so it, it can be very difficult when you've done that to separate yourself and look at it as somebody else is going to look at it that is not attached to it. So having a break from it and going back to it, I find, I mean, that's a long break, let's be honest, um, with Bergamin, but... Going back to it was kind of to, to edit. When I went back and looked at it, it was easy to edit because I was I I was I wasn't attached to it, so I could go back and go right. This is this is all going. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. And let's look at what and let, let's look at what's driving the story and what needs to be there. I don't want to send the audience to sleep. So there's a very fine line between um, you know that, that that and you know kind of involving yourself too much. I think there's a lot to be said, if you can, to chuck it to another editor that has never seen it, um, that, that, you know, would be able to be brutal about it. I mean, you might not like what they come back with, but this is the reality, I think. Um, how many films have you seen yourself? I'm sure you have, that you've come out of it and thought, great film, but there was just 30 minutes too long. Yes, you know? some films like that. Yeah, but but your film is uh, really fascinating because it's uh, it's so um, the world we come from, the world we're in. What was the uh, reaction of the blokes who uh, you were filming? How did they find it? Um, well, I think they found the the process of um, uh, you know doing it. I think people. I mean, times have changed a little bit since I shot the film, but. You know, I mean, they enjoyed it. I mean, you know, they, they, I think they, you know, they, they sometimes when I was shooting, they can't really kind of imagine what it's going to be like at the end of the, at the end of the day, because they're just, 
you know, kind of doing what they're doing and the camera's on them and, um, you know, so they don't know how it's going to all kind of tie over in the actual, con- you know, in the, in the grand scheme of how the film's going to be when it's edited. So, but, you know, I, I think, you know, they enjoyed it. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, as I said, I spent a couple of years down there uh, shooting this and, uh, you know, I mean, I was, I, I, at one stage I was living off hamburgers, which I wouldn't do now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, you know, it was kind of like, it, it, it was it was kind of funny. Sometimes I'd be sitting around there for hours, obviously because they're open, well, I think they open from lunchtime, but nighttime I shot most of the film in the evening. So, you know, sometimes you kind of, nothing much was happening and then suddenly people would be coming in from the footy or, you know, from, you know, from pub or, you know, somewhere or play or film or whatever. And, you know, suddenly the place was packed, you know, and the camera would be rolling. So, um, you know, I mean, that's kind of what you kind of, that's what I had to kind of wait for. Um, but, uh, you know, it was really the editing, um, you know, when I got into to the post-production side of it, that's where the work was. That's where I had to kind of go, right, okay, I've got to go A, B, C here. How am I going to do that? Are you happy with uh, the result? I am now. I mean, it's. Uh, I've made a couple of documentaries. Um, ironically, I've, I've shot another documentary. It's a retrospective. It was shot probably six, seven years ago in Bali, and it's about me returning to Bali after, you know, a long time and kind of the whole Australian media attitude towards or Bali in particular, you know, with obviously drugs and um, the bombings and stuff like that, me returning and kind of rediscovering it. And I I shot that over four years and that documentary uh, also uh, has um, played at a couple of festivals a couple of years ago, but uh, wasn't widely seen. So ironically, I've gone back and I've recut that documentary and um, I'm hoping to get that out there, you know, pretty soon as well. So... Again, that was shot with no script. I mean, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to say, uh, but I had to create that in the edit. And it's a very difficult way to make films. I wouldn't probably encourage people to do it like that, but I have done that. Yeah, yeah. So have you made films where you have followed a script? I I certainly have. And documentaries, I mean, obviously, Burgerman being the first, which, and to me, the most significant, because it it was my very first film, and I... In some respects, I, I'm quite proud of it, you know. Um, you know, I am. I'm not saying I'm not quite proud of it. I am proud of it. Uh, and then I moved on to Come Back, Mr. Boy, which is the uh, internet, the Bali documentary, which, as I said, I'm kind of recutting at the moment and hoping to get that out there fairly soon. And I've got another documentary, which I shot oh, probably around 10 years ago about a nightclub promoter, um, as that's been shot, and I haven't edited that either. So I'll get back to that. So that's my documentaries, but in the sense of like fiction narrative, I've I've made you know probably about seven or eight short films uh, as well, which obviously I've written. Uh, so that's so been a completely different experience. Experience. So, so do you? Uh, so your documentary filmmaking, you actually quite like just seeing what happens. I do. Um, I do. I mean, it's interesting. Um, uh, all my documentaries have kind of happened that way. I mean, they've kind of been about people I've got to know or someone I do know. Uh, for example, uh, the nightclub 
um, uh, uh, promoter is actually someone that I've known for a very, very long time. And so I had access to, you know, to shooting a lot of, uh, a lot of footage in, in clubs and, uh, and, you know, his associations, um, without giving too much away. But, uh, I'm very excited about that film because we've got a lot of people, uh, in that film, like people that you wouldn't think in the nightclub scene, like Bert Newton is in it, you know, like what has Bert Newton got to do with nightclubs? Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I'd get a phone call and it, it'd kind of be like, Jamie, can you come down here tonight? I'm with Molly or Jamie, you come down here tonight. I'm with the guys from Fat Pizza. Um, and that's how it happened. I mean, that's how that film was shot. Now, again, if, if it was funded and if, if I'd gone down the, the traditional path, it just may not have worked. You know, I, I, I might be, I might've been quite limited, do you know? Yeah, yeah, um, no. Because you don't have that. You don't have that freedom to make a film like that. Uh, unfortunately, when you're financed, you don't. Um, so I do like shooting like that. It's an interesting way of making films. I think the only thing is, I mean, obviously I'm trying to find money to, to do the post-production work on, on that particular uh, nightclub promoter uh, documentary on that story. And it's very hard to find money. I mean, that's the, that's the hard the thing. You know, you, you make a film with no script and you've got to jump in and, and, and edit and kind of build it in the edit. You might have to even do some pickups and, and what have you to kind of do that. But it takes time. It takes ages. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's a lot of work. Whereas a script that, you know, a film that's been shot off a script, you've gone ABC when you've shot it most of the time. And then you get it in the edit and you pretty much follow what, what was written. So there's a lot to be said about doing it that way as well. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's interesting. But a short film... I mean, it's just that you, the films that you shoot are really on on the ground and really close up and personal. Uh, and yes, how would you? How else would you get that? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you can. I mean, you, I mean, so I, I'm I'm not saying you can't, but it, I mean, the stories I make and it, there's different. You know, I know a couple of other guys that make documentaries, and it's kind of like, you know. I, everybody's got a different angle that, you know, they're interested in doing different things. I'm kind of interested in shooting stuff, doing stuff that's a little bit, a little bit left of center and, and, and a lot of, I mean, Bergamins are kind of interesting because there's the, there is that whole multicultural facet, you know, people immigrating to Australia, fast food business, you know, fast food chain, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it kind of encapsulates all of that. Um, and also the fact that, that, that times have changed, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially nowadays. And, and so, also, the people are themselves. That I mean, it's so fascinating. You, what you're filming are ordinary people doing what ordinary people do, and they're proud of what exactly, they're doing. exactly. And there's probably a tendency now. I I, I don't know this 100 percent for sure, but I think there would be a tendency for people to play up to camera. Certainly, when I shot the good, the bad, and ugly, I'm letting the cat out of the bag on that one. But that's the nightclub promoter. Uh, story um you know i mean i ended up you know kind of having a few celebrities involved in that and you know there were people that were bunging it on a bit but that's okay i accept that because that it kind of goes with this kind of goes with the story and it kind of goes with the world that he he this that particular character was uh you know involved in but um you know bergamin is real it's quite real and i think that that's what uh i think that that's what people will be interested in um, and it is a piece of history. Um, so it's a time that's gone. Does that 
kind yeah. of makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I, I, I'm, I, yeah. I find it really compelling. I found it really, really interesting. I think for me, it's just the fact that it's it's taken so long um, <laughs> to to kind of uh, get it uh, to where to where it is now, and you know, um, it's a, a long time. And uh, like I said, I you know, I, I I only you know decided not that long ago to pull it off the shelf and recut it. I'm glad I did. And, you know, it's very difficult to, 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 to know with festivals in general. I mean, that's another ball game of, you know, what they're looking for and what, what's going to kind of, you know, what's, what's going to grab them. Um, and uh, how, how far do you go with your film in the sense of, you know, what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do. So when I recut it, it was a fine line. You know, I kind of felt, well, you know, I'll put this out there. They might not like it, you know, it, you know, um, but luckily it, it went in my favour and uh, uh, and it was, um, you know, accepted. So I'm, I'm happy that it's going to uh, premiere on the 23rd for sure. Yeah. Thank you very much for talking. 3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June and this year we're asking you to be part of community-powered radio. It's only with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled, and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference, and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. 3CR Community-Powered Radio. My name's Molly Reynolds and I make documentaries like Another Country and I support 3CR because it is a radio station that once you start listening to, you can't stop. And she's correct. And uh, you're back with Annie on Showreel and we will continue with Jamie Wilson and Boogamin. Um Well, I used to hang around Fitzroy a bit, um, you know, back in the day and... Uh, I actually uh, was driving um, down St. George's Road and I noticed this hamburger shop uh, and uh, it kind of looked a little unusual, kind of stood out, you know, amongst the rest of the shops in the street. And um, I decided to go in there and have a look around and kind of investigate it. And, uh, and, and that's kind of how it started, actually. That's, kind of where it all began um you know i went in there and uh had a look around and ended up making myself known to a couple of the guys that were running it at that time and uh you know started a bit of uh converse, you know had a bit of a conversation with them and and just kind of built up a bit of a rapport and and then decided right i think you know i'd like to make a a documentary about this place and you know in its history initially i started out as an actor and uh and i was uh uh kind of on the stage for a, a good probably eight to ten years and i had an interest in film and um you know then i kind of uh got the opportunity as an actor to kind of uh, do a little bit of stuff on screen and uh and then I, I became more interested, I think, in, in filmmaking than I did in pursuing the acting. So one, one thing kind of led to another, and 
I started writing and uh, and you know started making a couple of short films. Um, and uh, Bergerman was actually my, my, my it was actually my first film, um, which is quite interesting, quite an ambitious film when I think about that in hindsight. So. Yeah, so I kind of that's how it kind of happened. You know, it kind of actually stemmed from being an actor, um, and then I, you know, kind of I write, I direct, I shoot, and I edit, and I actually still do act as well. But um, yeah, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades in that department now. I grew up in Brunswick, and uh, without giving away my age, but um, I grew up in Brunswick, you know, kind of during the 70s and uh, the 80s. And so in Brunswick itself, there used to be a lot of fish and chip shops. And uh, there were a couple that I knew of that were run by Greeks, ironically. And um, and I used to go in there as a, as a kid every now and then, you know, and get your, God, what was it? I don't know, 80 cents of chips or 30, you know, something like that, minimum of chips and a couple of potato cakes. So that I had that memory in my head, and I remember the Greek accent, you know, the the, the guy behind the counter, um, and you know, predominantly fish and chip shops back, you know, so back in the eighties um, were predominantly run by Greeks. It was it just went with like Italians ran pizza shops. Um, I know maybe that might seem stereotype now, but it wasn't back then. It was a fact. Or they ran fruit shops. You know, the Italians ran fruit shops. So. Um, it did stem from that, and that stayed with me. So when I came across Danny's, I kind of come across something that, that you know, I remembered as a kid. Um, and uh, and so, you know, obviously, I mean, Danny still exists today. When I made the film, and I made, you know, I, as I said, it was my first film. I had no scripts. Um, a lot of things happened. You know, I basically was going through a producer originally that was trying to... Um, do a deal with SPS, and we had Vince Colosmo potentially involved. Anyway, as 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 things moved along, a lot of things happened and things changed. So I ended up going off and shooting it solo, and it, you know it took me probably about two years. Uh, and you know it it kind of got to the point where I was when I was down there with the boys filming, we kind of became like a a family, and the camera was rolling. Uh, and, um, you know, and that's how it kind of happened. And during that period, there were lots of, you know, different kinds of people that were coming into the shop, you know, taxi drivers, truck drivers. It, it was a mixture of, of all kinds of people, but predominantly working class, as you, you know, mentioned before. And, uh, and that's what I, that's what I captured. Um, and so it was interesting that even though the film took a long time to shoot theoretically, I mean, I, I probably would have kept on shooting, you know, uh, in some respect, but uh, it had to end somewhere. But, um, you know, it, 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 I, I was free to get what I got, if you know what I mean. I, I had the freedom to do that. Uh, possibly, you know, had I kind of gone down a more traditional route of, you know, that film being made, um, and, you know, usually when you're being financed, there can be conditions, let's be honest. Um, I may not have got what I got. That film may, be, may have become a different film altogether. I shot most of the film uh, on my own uh, and uh, I did bring in uh, one or two other people uh, on a couple of occasions, you know, to do camera and to do sound. Uh, but, you know, that relationship that I developed with the guys that were running the shop, 
um, you know, I mean, it was, you know, it was based on trust and, um, and they allowed me to, to kind of, you know, uh, get in there with them and kind of, you know, capture those moments throughout the film, which, you know, are just them being, you know, being themselves. It's not easy to do that, I think, with documentary filmmaking. I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. If your subject doesn't feel comfortable with you, it's probably going to come across to the audience, you know, um, and they're not, they're not going to kind of be themselves in front of the camera, which is ultimately what you kind of want to try. You want them to be, if that makes sense. The actual film, I mean, I kind of, as I said, I, you know, there was kind of, there was something on paper, but what is it, it wasn't kind of, it wasn't scripted completely. So when it came to the point where I was more, more or less faced with the scenario of going off and making the film on my own, um, it opened up a little bit. So, I, you know, I kind of thought, well, you've got these different nationalities in the shop and you had... Greek Masso's running the shop originally that, you know, got the, got the place started and here we are X many years later and you've got, you know, an English, uh, Turkish and a, a Greek uh, Masso guy running the place, um, which was, is quite, uh, maybe it's quite odd because, you know, I mean, usually all those nationalities might not necessarily get along in the same room. Um, so it, it's obviously kind of come more forward, you know what I mean? Times have changed. So, you know, that's what I kind of looked at. You know, I kind of thought you got the, the guys that originally started it and then you got today. And as a couple of the guys in the doco say, you know, you've, you've got to accept other cultures and go with the times because if you don't, um, you won't survive. And I think that's very true, uh, actually. I mean, if you walk into a fish and chip shop or a hamburger shop in Melbourne now, I guarantee you it will be multi it will be multicultural. I mean there's a good chance it'll possibly be run by Asian people. And that's 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 where it's gone. Um so you know, I think that that Bergamin kind of, you know, that's kind of the essence of what it kind of captures. I mean I think one of the guys says it's a multicultural hamburger shop, which is quite funny, but it's actually quite true. Now, um basically the film when I shot the film back uh, 2005, 2006, the film was longer. So there actually was a, I had a, a 48 minute cut of the film and I shelved the film. Uh, I mean, this is the thing that I have shelved it. it it's never premiered at a festival or anything in Melbourne. Um, so uh, basically I decided to pull it out after all this time and actually cut the running time down. And uh, and then I submitted it to the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival and one thing led to another and here we are. Yes, and here we are at the end of Showreel. Uh, coming up next is Published or Not. If you want to see Bergamin and go back to the past of uh, hamburger making in uh, Melbourne, uh, it's on uh, in the fourth session of the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival's uh, Focus on Shorts on May the 23rd at Nova. We're going to go out with... Can't help myself. Early in the evening I put my stockings on When I get home much later I think where I went wrong Wipe the makeup off my face my careful wardrobe, a heap of lace Pile on the floor 
country fair I could win the spelling bee While fixing up my hair But changing me all around To make my words a nicer sound Is too hard to bear I can't I can't help myself to love. Go to work each morning and go home almost every night. And all my friends will tell me they think that I'm more. One more year that passes by Is just another reason why I've got to try I can't You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.